0: Well, if you do have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Psalm chapter 67. If you don't have your Bibles, the words to Psalm 67 are provided for you in the bulletin that you grabbed off of the table. As you're turning there, I I, I can't recall, frankly, maybe I've done this before or not, I I don't know if I've referenced the movie Castaway before in sermons with you, but it's a movie, it's one of my favorites, and if you're familiar with the story, Tom Hanks' character is this kind of hard-charging, driven employee of FedEx, and he ends up shipwrecked on an island in the South Pacific, and uh, for four plus years, he's on this island, and he has a new number of FedEx packages that are there with him, and one of them he doesn't open up because I think one thing that's keeping him going, keeping him resolved to get off that island, is that eventually he is going to deliver that package. He's going to get it to the recipient that it needs to go to, and eventually he does. Spoil the movie for you there. He he does the package does get delivered. But if you're familiar, there's a commercial that FedEx put out. Uh, Probably 10 or 12 years ago, very much playing on this idea of this castaway who had been s- stranded on an island for over four years. And so, this very uh, uh, straggly, hairy, uh, castaway looking figure uh, in a FedEx shirt walks up to a lady's door, and knocks on the door, and presents her with this package. He says, I was marooned on an island for over four years. And he's having these memories of, of, of the terrible conditions he endured as he's telling her about this. And then he gives her the package and says, but this package and delivering it is what kept me going. And so she says, oh, wow, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing it. And then he starts to walk away, and he says, hey, what, what was, just curiosity's sake, what, what's in that package? And she says to him, oh, nothing really. And she kind of rips it open, pulls it open, and out she pulls, nothing, nothing really, just a... Uh, Satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Nothing of real importance. And you know the joke there. Sometimes, here's, here's what I'm getting at though. Sometimes we can look at the world around us, particularly in weeks like we have known recently, in, in months and years like we have known recently and looked at the world and felt a sense of just dread, and felt as if there is something I wish I could do. what, What can I do to fix this? What can I do to bring healing? What can I do to address the ills and the evils and the hardships and the toils and the snares of this world? And sometimes we as Christians can be like that castaway with that box that we have not opened. And what I mean is that we can fail to realize that the greatest thing that we can give to the world, the greatest thing that the world needs, our world in all of its agony and sorrow, the greatest thing we can give it is that which we already have. And that is our God Himself. Listen to Psalm 67 as I read it. And as we see, particularly as we see particularly, how the grace of God that we enjoy, the grace of God that we enjoy enables our glad, confident gospel proclamation to the world. Let me say that again, the grace of God that we enjoy as Christians. It enables our glad, confident gospel proclamation to the world. Follow along as I read Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us that your saving way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations, Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For You judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth Fear Him. We're going to see in this passage the gladness of God that has come to us. And then how, because we have received that gladness of God, it must spur us to make our God known to our world. The gladness of God that has come to us must spur us to make our God known to the world. So first, verse 1. Verse 1 might strike you as familiar. Maybe you've heard something along these lines before. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. This is actually echoing a very prominent blessing, a very prominent benediction that was given to the people of Israel in Numbers chapter 6. May God be gracious to you. May He bless you. May He make His face to shine upon you. And this is this, this promise of blessing that the relationship between God and Israel was a relationship not of a, a distant deity to a people, but of a gracious redeemer whose smile rests upon his people. It is a God who is knowable, a God who is, who is uh, intimately connected with his people. In a day, uh, in Israel's day, when, when the gods were, you, you thought you kept them happy and he, they would water your crops, or, or you thought you kept them happy and you would You would have good health. No, the God who reigns over us is a God who is near to us and who redeems us. This was the God of Israel. And what Psalm 67 does is it brings this blessing of Numbers chapter 6 and it makes it three-dimensional. Here's what I mean. It is three-dimensional in that it goes from being a blessing or a promise of God's protection and of His nearness to His people And it brings them to a trust in God's global protection and his work where he is not just the God who reigns over his people Israel, but he is a God who is at work in his people and and growing them to the point where his reign and his glory will be made known and will be revealed to the ends of the earth, to people of all nations. And so as we read Psalm 67, this actually helps us to know our Bibles better. If you think about it, maybe you have read the Bible before and you've said, okay, the Old Testament is about the people of Israel a lot and the New Testament seems to be about uh, 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 people beyond the people of Israel. Israel's mentioned, but then there's the church, there's Gentiles. How does it all fit together? Well, throughout the Bible we see not a convoluted mess, but we actually see a glorious uh, a story where, where God who set apart the people of Israel to be the first recipients of his grace and of his mercy, he never set them apart to be the single recipients of his grace and mercy. But all the way back to the covenant that he made with Abram, uh, way back in Genesis, all the way up through his work in redeeming Israel, and bringing them out of Egypt, all of this is marching towards a point where he would cause the people of Israel to be a firstfruits, but that fruit would eventually explode the, a, a, to the point where God's glory is made known through, through his people but to the ends of the earth. And so what we see in Psalm 67 is that the story of God's redeeming grace was never intended to be just stuck to our pages on our Bibles, but was actually intended to be enjoyed and experienced by us. Pardon the distraction there. God's grace is not meant... To just be something we read about on the pages of our Bibles. But is to be something that we know and find gladness and joy in. And here's what I mean by this. Here's what I mean. Have you ever found yourself, maybe with the news or maybe with your own hard life circumstances, found yourself asking God what are you doing or found yourself maybe even saying or subtly thinking I don't know if I can trust God in the midst of the situations that I'm walking through or in the midst of the things I see going on in the world around me I've had multiple people in our church even this week just in conversations tell me I just had to turn off the news I can't watch it anymore it's too devastating it seems when the world is spiraling out of control that that is when it most seems as if God is not in control. But we come to, when we look at our present circumstances and we worry about what appears to be this uncertain future, it is then when Psalm 67 and accounts of God's faithfulness and his work can, can, can explode off the page to give us renewed confidence in hoping God and what he is doing in the world. Here's what I mean by that. You read Psalm 67, it was written some, some 2,500, 3,000 years ago. And yet here we are in Situate, Massachusetts in 2021, hearing and receiving this and recognizing that this is something that has come to us as a result of God's unfolding work of grace in the world. We don't read so much of the Bible as promises made that have yet to be fulfilled. We have the benefit of being able to see thousands of years of story and seeing promises of God made that have been fulfilled that then help us to trust God and his promises that have been made to us that have yet to be fulfilled you register with that so when we read psalm 67 and we read may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us verses two and three are this anchor that help us to say yes this is true Verses 2 and 3 help us to see this because there is absolute dynamite in verse 2 that that we're that. And so as the Israelites were hearing this and they say, God bless us, make His face to shine upon us, the reasoning that God does this is verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And so then we pull back from this, and we start to see and we start to recognize that a people who were reciting this some 2,500, 3,000 years ago, now there, is, there are Christians, there are people of God who stretch all across the world. Hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. From people from many tribes and nations and tongues and languages all over the world. And we find that God's gracious blessing and His hand and His face shining upon His people has actually led to you and I hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and finding new life in Him and through Him. And so the best way that we can look at all of the horror and evil in our world and have hope for what the future holds is actually by looking at the past and seeing that we are not embarking on a story that is yet to be written, but we are actually part of a story where we're far along progressed in it. And as evil and chaos envelops our world, we cannot lose sight of the fact that the gospel is subtly, slowly, oftentimes invisibly even spreading. And we just pray that God would give us the eyes to see. But don't just take my word for it as explained here. Take our word for it as we are gathered here. Our church replant. We've been going now for a little over two years, about two and a quarter years. And we're at a point where we have been in a pandemic longer than we have been out of one as a replanted church. But if you were to look around, and if even we were to poll people who are gathered here, who were not with us at the beginning of the replant, but whom God has brought into our midst by His grace, some of whom He has caused to become Christians, you would be surprised at the evidences and the stories of God's grace that are unfolding. If only we would have eyes to see. And you see stories of this. You hear stories of this throughout the world. There are accounts of instances where persecution upon the church in various places in Asia or the Middle East has brought great pain or brought great hardship upon the people of God, has brought great sorrow upon them, and yet history recounts and history expands on, on stories of where in the midst of evil that has come upon the church, the gospel has spread through the faithful witness of the church. And somehow or another, those who would seek to silence Christians, who would seek to silence the church, have been unable to do so. And more and more and more people have become believers as a result of God's grace spreading. And how has this happened? His people who are his, who, who are. In Christ, they have experienced his grace. They've experienced his blessing. He's made his face to shine upon them in the person of Jesus Christ. And this has caused his saving power to be made known among all the nations. To the point that the peoples of the church, the people of God, sing and rejoice. And they say, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And so this can inform how we pray, even amidst the evils that we see unfolding in our world. Like we just prayed for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We of course pray for their provision. We of course pray for their protection. We of course pray for God to to guard and keep their lives. And yet we also pray as they have asked us to pray. That the gospel would be precious to them. That those who do not know their God would come to him and live. The message of Christianity, the spread of the gospel around the world, is not something of forced conversions and of cultural dominance. But understood rightly, the gospel spreads through humble, servant-hearted, glad, joyful Christians who go to a people And don't twist their arms into becoming Christians, but share a manner by which, the only manner by which, the saving power of God can be known, and perhaps more powerfully, you can know the God who smiles upon you. This is the gladness in God that has come to us. And now we see, secondly, that it must spur us on towards glad proclamation to the ends of the earth if verse 2 if that word that is dynamite that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations then we see a connection here where we recognize that the, the the grace of god that has come to us in christ is not intended to stop at us but is it intended to be amplified by us. Are you feeling dry in your walk as a Christian? In your own growth as a Christian? When there's craziness going on in our world, or craziness going on in our own lives, sometimes it is easy to feel dry. It is easy to feel worn out. It is easy to feel exhausted, exasperated, even struggling with hopelessness. I referenced that there are a couple of people who have shared with me, even though I've had to turn off the news this week, or I've even reached points in my own life where I had to just disengage from news and events happening in the world around us because it was growing within me, a sense of despair, not a sense of despair uh, uh, that, that can be healthy and grounded in reality, but a sense of hopelessness that is in fact not healthy, and not grounded in reality for a Christian. And you see, the thing that we can find as hopelessness rises up in our souls, as this sense of despair about what we see happening in the world around us, one thing that we can find that causes this is because the grace of God that has come to us has somehow stopped, and we haven't amplified it, we haven't spread it to those around us. Do you want to kick start in your faith? In your spiritual vitality? In your prayer life? Tell somebody about the hope of the gospel in Jesus Christ this week. Share with them how you know God to be gracious and how God has blessed you and even made His face to shine upon you and how the, this one you are sharing with can know this God through Jesus Christ and the life He offers them. A life where he brings them out of that dark dungeon of their own sin and brings them to new birth in Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. One of the great ways that any of us can invigorate, can feel invigorated in our Christian walk, in our maturity, in our faith, is by making sure our Christian walk, our faith does not stop with us. The gospel is meant to flow through us like a river, not stop like a stagnant pond. And in fact, we see that the very manner by which and through which God has blessed us is not for our peaceable joy and gladness in this life and in this life alone, but for the glory of God, that those who would hear of Him might find their gladness in God. Maybe the situation is reversed. You know, I talked about maybe if you were despairing or feeling void of any sense of hope or optimism, maybe the situation's reversed. Maybe you see so much going on in the world with pandemic or with the news and everything, and you say, okay, I see all that going on, but actually I feel fine. Life's looking pretty good for me. In fact, all of us, in fact. All of us could look around and see ways in which, comparatively speaking, we have been blessed. None of us are going to have to leave here and go scrounge for food. None of us are crowding around airports, uh, uh, waiting and hoping that we can get on flights that will possibly save our lives. Even in this moment, none of us are hunkered down in our homes, hoping a Category 4 hurricane doesn't ravage us. We enjoyed the blessing last week of a storm that was forecast to perhaps be worse than it was, sparing us. And this doesn't even recount all of the blessings that we enjoy day by day, week by week, hour by hour. And do you realize that our blessings are not, that that the kindness of God lavished upon us has not come upon us in order that we might be at peace and that we might say, ah, I've got it made. But the kindness of God, the blessings of God, dare I even say the luxuries that we enjoy in this life are meant to springboard us towards making Christ known. So let me ask a question that will help us to understand how we interpret the blessings of God that we enjoy in our lives. Do you consider God to be good and God worth proclaiming because of the things that He has given you in this life? Or do you consider God to be good and God worth proclaiming because He is greater than the things that He gives us in this life? I believe it is because He is greater. It is because He is one who is gracious to us, who makes his face to shine upon us. And he gives us the luxuries, the things, the finances, the, the abundant blessings that we enjoy, the, 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 the rich resources that we have at our disposal. He gives us these things, not so we can say, look at our rich resources, but so that we can say, let's let's keep them going, let's let's move them out, that we might make Christ known to the world around us. God does not give us things that we might look around and say, look at all these wonderful things that I have. God gives us things that we might continue to move them along, that we might continue to, 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 to push them along, that we might... Rejoice in the greatness and the glory of our God. Another place our souls become dry is when gifts become greater than the giver. Because gifts eventually rot and wear out and get destroyed. But the giver provides satisfaction and peace and gladness that is rooted in knowing that He has caught us up in the whirlwind of the storm of His love and grace and mercy and that nothing can separate us from that. And so may the prayer of our hearts be one that says, God, You're gracious to us, you blessed us. May this be so that Your name may be known through me, through us, through my family, through my life, through my church, through all that You have given me, that my, I may say in verse 3, let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. And then the heartbeat of of Psalm 67, this resounding cry, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This promise of verse 4. God judges the peoples with equity. He guides the nations upon the earth. It's a difference. There's differences in perspective how we sometimes read and understand God's word. And here's what I mean. Sometimes in our context, we can read a promise like God judges with equity, and we can say we can hear that word "judge," and we can think, "Ooh, don't overstep your bounds, God. I don't want you to speak into my life. I don't want you to judge or 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 pull rank or, or or keep me in line." That word judge can sound offensive to our modern Western sensibilities. But a promise that he judges with equity sounds a lot different to a people who are oppressed, who are harassed, who are even fearing or running for their life, even now. Imagine you live under an unjust government that seeks out Imprisons, even kills and destroys those who are of a minority group or those who are not in power or those who cannot buy their safety. Verse 4 rings like a precious promise that God judges with equity. That God guides the nations on earth. God rules over those who in their arrogance think they rule over those who are under their reign. And so the prayer and the cry of the church in the midst of a world that is on fire is the message of the peaceful living waters of a God who gives grace. And so we go to our world and we say, we, we tell them about our God who has been gracious to us and blessed us, and we do this out of a prayer and a cry of our hearts that we want to see people praise God. We want to see people praise God. Not because of we think that we are right and they are wrong, but because we know that we are working for their joy. And once again, like I said, this isn't something that can be coerced, But it's something where where the gospel comes to people and they find that the darkness that they have been in, the darkness that they have known in this world, the darkness that has overcome them is a darkness that one day lifts through Jesus Christ and they can hold fast to the promise of his care and of his mercy to them. And so we see as the world burns around us, we might be tempted to despair and think that this world is just getting crazier. And I think it might be. But the hope that we have is that the gospel is getting crazier. More beautiful, and the hope that we have is that as the world gets crazier, the gospel is spreading faster, and as the world gets crazier, the gospel is spreading more vibrantly. As the world gets crazier, Jesus looks more beautiful. As lives become more and more and more uh, uh, uncertain, as, as 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 tragedies unfold more and more regularly, Jesus, who is victorious over sin and death, becomes all the more beautiful. As people look around and see securities and luxuries that they once clung to have been ripped away, have been pulled away, then they find that Jesus Christ, who offers them gladness in himself and who offers them life eternal, is all the more precious. And so this is a cry and a prayer that must resonate through our hearts. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. And then verses 6 and 7 conclude with a promise that must continue to springboard us in this message of proclaiming the grace of God to the world. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. This is almost a prophetic looking into the future. And this is actually, this this ties up, this promise of verses 6 and 7 ties up some great uncertainties or some great sorrows that this world knows and that we can share about a hope that is greater than. As we live in a fractured and corrupted earth, rooted in Genesis 3 and the sin and the fall of Adam and Eve, verses 6 and 7 promise us that it will be restored to its original intended goodness. And not only will the fractured earth be restored to its original intended goodness, but fractured and divided humanity will be restored to its intended relationship with God. A relationship where humanity rejoices in the God who blesses us and humanity rightly fears the God who rules over her. Not fears in a sense of fears as if He might destroy her, but fears in a sense of we are gracious recipients of his mercy. And we revere our God who has created us and who rules over us. And we anticipate the day when humanity will will be restored in the presence of Christ, our Lord, our Redeemer. And we will dwell with him. And the nations will be glad and sing for joy because Christ has given us the song of our hearts. And we will sing of the blessings that we have known in this life. And the greatest blessing that we know is Jesus Christ our Lord. And we will recount how he has blessed us and enabled us to share of this hope with the nations around us. And so brothers and sisters, what we see in Psalm 67 is that the grace of God was not intended to come to us and stop. And may this give praise to our hearts because those who have shared the gospel with us, it did not come to them and stop. And so may it continue to flow out of and from us. And may it lift high the name of Christ, our Lord. And may the grace of God that dwells within us prompt us to cry out and to sing and to praise His name and to pray that it would continue on knowing that the greatest thing this world needs the greatest thing this world needs as we look around in sorrow at all that is happening around us is actually something we already have and that is our God our Lord Jesus Christ who welcomes those who would come to him and offers them the warm embrace of the love of God May we be faithful to make this Christ known. We pray this, or we pray that God would give us the mercy to do this. Would you pray with me? God, we ask and we pray that your work, your blessing in our midst would not stop. But your blessing, your work, your spirit at work within us would be a springboard to our faithfulness in making Christ known to the world around us. God, would you give our hearts the ability to cry out in praise to you, not because of the things that we believe you have given us, but because you have given us yourself. In fact, we confess and we repent of rejoicing in your blessings and your good gifts if they have caused us to take our eyes off of the good gift giver so lord give us the ability and the grace to rejoice in you and lord give us the the joy and the the hearts that are uh, 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 glad in you that we might share of the risen christ with the dying world that is around us and even give us faithfulness god though we may be small in number give us faithfulness towards gospel impact that we might contribute to the to the gladness of the nations in you. And we pray this all in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.